We want to welcome you to another episode on MBKI Radio Broadcasting Network. Prepare yourself and get ready and allow the Spirit of the Lord to transform your mind. And here's your host, Apostle Anthony Baxter. Somebody needs to make that confession of faith tonight. Say it. I will never be the same. Not after being with you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to welcome everyone to MBKI's Hallelujah Blog Talk Radio Show. Amen. Hallelujah. Tonight, we're on part three, hallelujah, of the measures of a true mature man. Hallelujah. Uh, Part of our leadership training series. Hallelujah. We're just going to go ahead and play a couple songs here. Uh, Invite the Holy Ghost in to join us. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, to appease the people... Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. You better smile at me. I'm going to call your name. You put the best wine out first and then once, you know, y'all know what I'm saying. You put the cheap wine out last. I don't know about you, but I want the best wine. (laughs) I love to sing this song. Is it all right if I take my time? Y'all ready to go? This is the last song, so y'all. Is it okay? How about you say, I want the best wine. I want the best wine. God, I love to sing this song. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Well, the Bible says that they, they ran out of wine.
chapter 1 and verse 5. Titus chapter 1 and first, better yet, better yet, let's go here. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 17. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Let me see. Is that the scripture that I want to go to? The second letter referring. Uh, no, no. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and go to Titus uh, chapter one and verse five. I do apologize. All right, there we go. Amen. Amen. Titus chapter one and verse five reads. For this cause left I you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed you. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly, for a bishop must be blameless. Now, they say bishop here, but we're talking about leaders. Bishop is a leader. So what they're saying is leaders, okay, must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not so angry, hallelujah, not given to wine, not an attacker, not given to filthy illegal gain, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast to the faithful word or the logos, as he has been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convict the gainsayers. Amen. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of circumcision. So what we have is we have between Timothy and Titus 20 characteristics of a leader. 20 characteristics of a leader. And last week we went over reputation. What is your reputation like? If you remember, Timothy had a good reputation. Paul went into two cities surrounding the city that Timothy lived in, and in these cities, people said nothing but good things about Timothy, amen? So when Paul got into his city, he went looking for Timothy because he knew that he was a man of good reputation, someone that he could count on, that he could trust, amen? When you go and you apply for a job, one of the first things they ask you is, what are your qualifications? Do you qualify? Amen? Well, we must understand that if we're going to be a leader, hallelujah, we must qualify. We must qualify. Now, see, these characteristics aren't just for the church. They're for everyday life. This is being a mature man. And as I stated to you, women, Hallelujah. We will be having a measure of a women's series after the men. So get ready. Hallelujah. So in this, we must understand to be a mature man, we must carry particular characteristics. It's not about how much money you have. It's not about how big your car is, how big your, your bank account, none of that. What it is, is your character. Your character. So reputation. What is your reputation like, men? If 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 I went and asked your wife or your kids, Hallelujah, how is your dad? What kind of manager? What would they say? What would your friends say? What would your coworkers say pertaining to your reputation? What would they say? Amen. Now, this week we're dealing with moral purity. Moral purity. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now listen, that word moral, again, is 
living in the principles of right and wrong behavior and goodness or badness of human character. So you do what you do because it's the right thing to do. Amen? Your motives are correct. Okay? Now, our culture has affected our morals as men. In particular countries, it's okay for a man to have two or three wives. And if you grow up in this type of culture, you're going to believe that this is the way it's done. Now, here uh, in America, you know, we, we, we don't live like that. So it would be kind of awkward to us. But if we go back 2,000 years ago in the days of Rome, in Rome, uh, 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 it was common for a man to have at least three women in his life. Have a slave girl, and the slave girl, she basically was his sexual pleasure. Whenever he wanted sexual pleasure, she was there to do it. She had no choice. Amen? There was the prostitute at the temple. The temple, on the stairs of the temple, there were prostitutes. And the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the men of 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 of, of esteem, hallelujah, they would pick up these prostitutes off the stairs. Amen? And then you would have the wife. The wife. And the wife's duty was to carry on the family name, to have children and carry on the family name. So Paul, we have to understand, grew up, well, not grew up, excuse me, but when he went into Rome, he was preaching to men that lived such a way, and he converted them into Christianity. And in doing this, this was the first time that these men heard about moral purity, about leaving the slave girl and leaving the, the prostitute and just being faithful to your wife. He had to go totally against what they knew. These individuals were having to change. If you read the book of Romans, you'll understand why he was speaking pertaining adultery and sexual sins and things of this nature because it was prevalent. It was a part of their culture. Amen? If you turn with me to... Matthew chapter 5 and verse 27 and 28. We'll read what Jesus said. Jesus took this thing to a whole nother level. Okay? You see, we would assume, or they, we would assume that because we didn't have sex with an individual, but we just thought about having sex, and what it would be like and what it would feel that, you know, it was not a sin. But God, or Christ said in verse 27 of Matthew chapter 5, he says, All of you have heard that it was said by them of old time, you should not commit adultery. Now, this is what was told in the days of old. But now Christ is on the scene and he is saying this. That whoever looks on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. In his heart. So what do he means by with lust for her? Let, let's take a look at what he means. This not only means to desire a woman in illicit sex but also to think in terms of how to cause it to happen. See, there, there's, there's a big difference between the temptation for lust, that, that comes from lust, or sin. There's a difference. You see, I think that we would assume that because we fought it, we... But we as men are 
restricted daily with the type of clothes women wear and, and all of this stuff that's going on today, the internet, all the stuff men are being tempted all day, every day. But it's not the thought. It's what you're thinking. Are you entertaining what it would be like? Are you entertaining how you can make this thing happen? That's what Christ is talking about in the thought, even thinking. See, because back then, or, 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 or we would assume that it would be okay to speak what this woman looks like and how I could do this, that, and the third, and da-da-da-da-da, but not do it physically, you see? But Christ took it to another level and said even that is committing adultery. So getting a, a, a thought and, and, and casting it down, getting a thought of what, what, how beautiful an individual is, and this and that and the third, is lust. It's not a sin. Our temptation, excuse me, temptation is not lust. There's a big difference between the two. See, lust leads to sin. Temptation is something that we go through every day. See, again, being sexually tempted every day and committing adultery in your heart are two different things. They're two different things. Any man who deliberately enjoys and pursues an illegitimate sexual relationship with a woman in his mind has in God's sight already committed an immoral act. See, you don't have to do the thing, but having the deliberate, enjoying thought process of pursuing a sexual relationship with a woman in your mind is just like going ahead and doing it. Okay, that is the lust. The temptation is it coming to mind. The lust is deliberately enjoying it and pursuing, letting it play out in your mind. Amen. I had a uh, a friend of mine say things like, he said, you know, I see a beautiful girl down the street and she's walking towards me and I'm walking towards her. And as I'm walking towards her, I've, I've, I've undressed her. I've, 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 I've committed back with her. And by the time we get, get about to pass each other, I done pull out a cigarette and smoke a cigarette and saying hello and going on down. He has committed a sin, lusting after this woman as he's approaching her. Amen. Amen. See, this kind of fantasy world is off limits to a Christian man who desires to follow God fully. And in these end times, it's not about 99.9% of following God. We got to be 100 with this thing. Amen. We got to give him everything. Everything. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm going to go over five practical steps to moral purity. Five practical steps to moral purity. Amen. Number one, write this down. Develop good communication with your spouse or your soon-to-be wife. Because if, you, if you're a believer, you don't have a girlfriend. You have a soon-to-be wife. You don't date to date. You date so that you can get to know your future wife. Amen? Hallelujah. Anything outside of that, we need to flip the script, uh, do something different. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. A man that keeps his moral house in order and is able to handle the, the normal temptations 
because they're everyday. They're, it's normal. That can handle these normal sensations that arise in our culture today because of the television, the news, the media, the internet, the music, uh, uh, everything, sex and everything. Amen. So we have to be able to control ourselves. Hallelujah. So a man that is able to do that is a man who has a fulfilled sex life. He has a fulfilled sex life, meaning that he has no desires. Now, a man can have a fulfilled sex life, but still step out on his wife. Why is that? Why would a man do such a thing? Good question. Good question. We'll get to that here shortly. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And we're going to go and read verse 1 through 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 through 5. It says, now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not touch a woman. You hear that? It's good for a man not to touch a woman. So if you aren't married to this woman, you should not be touching this woman. You know, you know, as men, you know, we we do things on a on a slide, like you know, we come and give, hey, hey, girl, give you a hug. But you know, the motive of the hug is wrong because we just trying to get close. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't touch a woman. It says in verse two, nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Because if it's not your husband and if it's not your wife, you ain't got no business touching him or touching her. Let the husband render unto the wife due been of violence and likewise also the wife unto the husband. So what is it saying? It says, husband, you give to your wife and wife, you give to your husband. The wife has not power of her own body, but the husband and likewise also husband has no power of his of his own body but the wife meaning that your body's hers and his body's yours amen glory be to god defraud ye not one another except it be with consent for a time that ye may give yourselves fasting and prayer and come together again that satan attempt you not for your incontensity so what is it saying? It's saying that the man has legal right to the woman's body and then the woman has legal right to the man's body, her husband and his wife. And it is not for you to hold back. It's not for him to hold back. This is a command. God commands both wife and husband to meet each other's sexual needs so that Satan would not lead one or the other into sexual immorality or unfaithfulness or unfaithfulness. You see, you see when a woman say, no, 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 no. The first thing that Satan's going to do is put in the mind of the man, that coworker or that individual, that one person that keeps, keeps flirting with him and things like this, and vice versa. See, many married men have become involved with another woman, either mentally, what I mean by that, that means that he's daydreaming about this woman, amen? Like Christ said, when you think that lusting over this woman are physically, amen, because of a wife who is insensitive to a sexual or psychological needs, uh, she may be selfish, are even hostile using sex as a weapon. You know, there, there are all those women out there that, that will use sex as a weapon. I'm holding back until I can get what I want. You ain't getting 
nothing until I get what I want. And vice versa with the men. Amen? Using sex as a weapon. But see, these things, you know what they do? They destroy the fabric of the marriage because the man or the woman will begin to fantasize about others and things of this nature. And the next thing you know, someone's caught up in something that they really don't want to be caught up in. Amen. Number two. Now, what we were dealing with there is communication. Communicate with one another. Amen. Communicate with one another. If there's some issues going on, let the other know. Let the other know. Number two, avoid sexually stimulating situations. Men, avoid sexually stimulating situations. What are you saying? Listen, this this world pushes sex like the streets push drugs. Everywhere you turn, there's sex. Every television show, there's a sex scene. It's not like it was in the 60s. They didn't even show the bedroom back then. Now they're showing the bedroom, people butt naked, and 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 you got special ed on on the prime on on the eight o'clock p.m. show. Your kids are sitting back watching. Amen. I mean, it's gotten really bad. The world pushes sex. And we as men must guard our heart from this madness. What do I mean by guarding our heart? We have gates to our heart, which is our mind, our eyes, our ears. Amen. So as you're watching these shows, amen, as you open up your email and click on a link and all of a sudden you got this woman doing all kinds of things, amen. You're reading a novel, and they have a hot, steamy uh, scene in there. Amen? All of these things are stimulations to get you to do something that goes outside of your moral fabric of being a believer. Again, the world is pushing us. To have sex. The world, like, it's okay. It's okay to cheat on your wife. It's okay to sleep with Harry, Frank, hallelujah. It's okay to be married and have an undercover brother uh, next door around the corner. It's okay. But it's not okay. The Bible says that we are in the world, but we're not of the world. We don't do what the world does. We're supposed to be leading the world to do what we do in in the kingdom. Hallelujah. But it's like the world has infiltrated the kingdom and we're beginning to live as if we're from this earth. And we're not. And we're not. Listen to this one. Soft porn plays hardball. Soft porn plays hardball. What do I mean by soft porn? Girl magazines, TV shows, commercials, music, uh, books, novels, sexual education in school. All of this is soft porn. But this soft porn bears an enormous responsibility for the spiraling rate of divorce, venereal disease, and abortion as well as new and deadly forms of sex crimes against women and children from this soft porn. Amen? Do you know that the majority of the TV shows we watch are basically soft porn shows? Do you realize half of the commercials that we watch are soft porn commercials? Stimulation Stimulation to get you motivated. People try to figure out why do certain men do certain things. Well, they already got a problem 
they got to do is sit back and watch a TV show, and the next thing that they're thinking about doing is going out outside to try to find somebody to duplicate what they've seen on the television. Amen? Men, guard your heart. We must guard it against uh, deliberately exposing ourselves to literature, to movies, to TV shows, the Internet, activities of any kind that are designed to illegitimately excite and stimulate our sexual nature. If you're a single man, you really want to watch these things. When you begin to stimulate yourself, the next thing is you're going to go look for something to bring relief to that pressure that is building up. Amen? Glory be to God. So we must do what we have to to stay morally pure and a good leader. And a good leader. We're talking about leadership. Do you qualify? Titus and Timothy, Paul told them that we need leaders, and these are the qualifications of these leaders. Now, we're taking one qualification a week, hallelujah, and going over them. And my question to you, men, do you qualify? Are you a leader? Are you a leader of your home? Do you qualify? Are you a a leader at your job, being a manager? Do you qualify? Are you a, a deacon or you hold a position in the church? Do you do you qualify? Are are you morally pure? Do you have a a, a, a good reputation? That's just Amen. See, we have leaders behind the pulpit today, hallelujah, that are married, but they're sleeping with men and women. And little boys and little girls. But they behind the pulpit. Do they qualify? Time that we clean up the Lord's church. As Paul said, let's get leaders that qualify to be leaders. You see, if I had a business, I wouldn't want to hire somebody that just slept around with everybody. Because all he's going to do is come into the business and sleep around with everybody. Or, or, or somebody that, 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 that had a bad reputation. Because all they're going to do is have a bad reputation in my business. These qualifications aren't just for the church. They're for every area of your life. Do you qualify? Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible reads, finally, brethren... Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. What is he saying? He said we must have the right type of thinking. See, this is what God is saying. This is how we should think. Does your thinking line up with what the word says? Are you thinking about things that have nothing to do with nothing? Are you thinking about just things, pure things, important, lovely things? Things uh, uh, that, that bring 
virtue and praise. The Bible says, think on these things. What are you thinking about? What goes on in your mind? Amen? Hallelujah. Men should fortify themselves through regular study of the word of God and prayer. The Bible says don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the washing of the word. So what we must do is we must wash our mind with the word, meaning that we must read it. We must study it so that we can get the filth out and put things of purity, lovely, good report, just in because all of these things are in the word of God. So men, let me ask you a question. And women, you can take this too. On a scale of one to ten, where is your thinking compared to Philippians chapter four and eight? What measure? Are you somewhere between eight and nine? Or are you somewhere between two and three? Are you a one? Are you a ten? Where you at? Wherever you at, we need to move further. And that's all of us. That's all of us. You know, this 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 study was very humbling to me. It was very humbling in a lot of areas. Amen. Hallelujah. Measure of a man. It's not about your job. It's not about your money. It's not about the big house, the fancy car. It's not about none of that. It's your character. You know, you can have all of that. Here, here, let me tell you this. When I was in high school, you have all these beautiful girls, but their attitudes were just ugh, and they were just ugly on the inside, but beautiful on the outside. I didn't care what they looked like on the outside, because the outside in 10, 20 years is going to be different, but the inside is going to remain the same. Ugliness is going to stay with them. And so that's kind of how I looked at things. Amen? And it's the same thing here. It's the same thing here. Amen? Number four. Be accountable. Be accountable for yourself. Every Christian man should have at least one other Christian man as an accountability partner. Now listen, you don't 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 go get some accountability partner that, that's accountable with you for doing a whole bunch of stupid stuff. Find somebody that wants to live right, wants to be right, wants to follow the commands of God. Amen. And when you do find it, be real. Be honest. You can't grow doing the same things. You get the same result. So open yourself up. Be honest. And let him be honest with you. Iron sharpens iron. Amen? Hallelujah. Find you a man that you trust, that you look up to, that you know is living to the best of his ability the best life he can. And you can help him and he can help you. Amen? Hallelujah. Having an ability partner or partners really has become more and more necessary in the culture in which we live today. With all of this sex and, 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 and pornography and more sex and even got pills you can take for for, for, for longer sex and all this stuff that we need to be accountable to one another. See, many of us are hiding things in closets and, and we're being very prideful and, and we feel so bad about ourselves that we talk about other people because we don't want to look at ourselves. But today is your day to take and look at yourself. Oh, it's ugly. Hey, as I look at my, ugly. But the only way to, to bring beauty is to look through the ugly and allow the Spirit of God to transform 
that ugliness into something useful. Find an accountability partner that you can bless as they bless you. Number five, seek professional help. The Bible says the weapons of our war are not carnal, but mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. See, some of us men have a stronghold with this sex thing. We're addicted. It's like a fortress. We can't get out. And the Holy Ghost, for some reason, can't get in to to help us out. Amen. So we may have to seek professional help. Now, I'm not talking about just going out here to one of these worldly uh, counselors or whatnot. I'm talking about going to to a pastor or, 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 or a Christian counselor that deals in this area. Amen. Yes, God has the ability because he the healer and a deliverer. Hallelujah. But even in that, the enemy is still going to knock at your door. And you need to understand and get the proper tools to learn what to do and how to do when these things take place. Amen. Now, married men, also use your wife. Communicate. Talk with her. If you are one of these men that have been uh, in uh, many different affairs uh, and have done some things uh, that you regret, hallelujah, um, take that up with God and let God direct you on what to do and how to do. But one thing I will tell you is this. From this day forth, hallelujah, stop whatever it is you do. Repent. Turn. Be a husband. Be a leader in your be a a, a, a a morally pure man. Hallelujah. Put all that other craziness aside. The Bible says when I was a child, I did childish things. But when I grew up to be a man, I put away those childish things. Men, it's time to grow up. All that mess aside, be a leader in your home. Be a leader in your job. Be a leader in your community. Be a leader in your church. Stop calling yourself a man but acting like a boy. Hallelujah. Single men, again, find an accountability partner and make sure that that accountability partner is not a woman. See, we we, we, we got this thing that draws. We we drawn to to women, you know, and, and women are drawn to men. It, it, no, it don't work that way. What end up happening is you end up in a position that you don't want to be in. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I I just want to end with this. <clears throat> this is not a time for us to take. None of this lightly. It's time for us as men to grow up. If you look in the Old Testament and even in the New, you will find that it was the men that were in the temple. It was the men that would travel miles to go and to praise and worship God. It was the men that led the home. It was the men. Hallelujah. But where is the man today? You see, Satan has flipped the script. Women are leading and men just being yanked along and pulled along as one of the kids. You hear women say, I got four kids. I got I got baby, she's six. I got a, a Jeffro, he's nine. I got I got Eddie, he's three, and I got my husband, he's fifty-two. And they're all kids. It's supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be that way. It's time to grow up, men. Take a look at yourself. Compare your maturity to the word of God. Not this world. Not your daddy. Not your granddaddy. But your daddy, daddy. God. 
and his word. Do you measure up as a mature man? Hallelujah. Father, in the name of your son, Yeshua HaMashiach, we thank you for this time and this opportunity, Lord, to receive, hallelujah, from your word. I pray, Father God, that this word is not fallen on deaf ears. Oh, Father, you are calling us as men to align ourselves with your will and your word. Hallelujah. To be leaders, hallelujah, guiding and directing the next generation, Father. Hallelujah. Sex is a strong beast. Hallelujah. And the enemy is using it to the fullest. But God, he that is in us is greater than he that is in this world. Hallelujah. We pray, Father God, on right now that we will begin to pull upon your spirit to give us the strength to turn from the things in which we have gotten ourselves caught into. We repent for things that we have done that we shouldn't have done. Hallelujah. And from this day forth, Hallelujah. We desire to live a morally pure life. Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us, show us, direct us. And by the washing of the mind, by the word of God and the blood of Christ Jesus, hallelujah, we will be able to walk this thing out. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach the Christ. We pray, amen, amen, amen. I want to thank each and every person that is tuned in today and those that will be listening on podcast. Hallelujah. I thank God, hallelujah, for those in China and Africa and Mexico, hallelujah, and the other uh, countries that are tuning in with us on podcast. Hallelujah. Next week, week four, we're going to be talking about living a balanced life, living a balanced life. Hallelujah. Do you know that you must live a balanced life to have a fulfilled life? Hallelujah. So tune in, tell a friend, hallelujah, that MBKI is in full effect. Until then, walk by faith, not by sight. We love you, and we'll see you next week. God bless you.